This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with the App Show. Mike and John here. Our show is all about apps when it comes to smartphones, TVs, tablets, computers, and more. Sometimes more. More. And also the latest in mobile technology. And there's just so much to talk about. We've got a great program for you today. We will uh, be chatting with a really cool company out of Canada here that helps healthcare providers book their staff. You would be surprised at how a lot of health institutions do it now. It's all manual, like through spreadsheets and things. I know there's other more sophisticated platforms as well, but a lot of it is done through spreadsheets, which to me would be a nightmare. That sounds horrible. Well, especially during the pandemic here and all the staff shortages, right? Yeah. And a lot of the staff getting sick. I God, I wouldn't want to be the person in charge of that. So this company is called BookJane, and they've got this really cool software as a service. I mean, basically, th- basically through a website that automates that process and saves, I think, someone a lot of stress. We'll also be uh, chatting with Brian Jackson from the Infotech Research Group all about Ireland's data centers and how they are killing the environment. <laughs> I'm being dramatic, but it's, it's a problem, John. Like these data centers, these cloud centers, they're essentially big warehouses full of air-cooled computers that are just providing storage for a lot of the things that we use. Your photos. Your photos and everything. Well, they're using a lot of electricity, which has to come from somewhere, and uh, we'll find out what's happening in Ireland and why we should be concerned about this worldwide as well. And a really cool service, John. We found these guys down in Las Vegas at the Consumer Electronics Show. If you have a website and you're selling things online or thinking about it, they have a really cool photography service that will make things so much easier for you, get your professional photos and videos, and it's just wonderful and saves a lot of money. Very inexpensive. Yeah, because you know we're, we, we're in an agency, John, and it costs thousands of dollars to do photo shoots. It does. Yeah. Well, they have found a way to get that down to a fraction of the price. You'll be blown away. Uh, let's talk about some of the tech news here, John. This one freaked me out. A, uh, a teen found a way to hack into third-party Tesla apps. I, I have my shocking face on. <laughs> my, my, my faux shocking face. Yes. Yeah, so I have a Tesla, yes, and it's all controlled via computers and, and through my Tesla app. Well, there's third-party apps that can actually tie into your Tesla account to get all sorts of things, like your electricity usage. I have one called EV, like double EV, and it's awesome because it tells me how much electricity I'm using from my house, from superchargers and that, and then gets me a monthly cost and usage. Like, it is amazing. Well, unfortunately, some of these third-party apps aren't as secure as they should be, and this teen... German teenager said he found a vulnerability in an app installed in some Teslas, which allow him the ability to unlock doors, flash headlights, and blast music. Can he break the car? No. Thankfully, he can't get into any of those functions. But, John, he can unlock the car. Yeah. He can roll the windows down. Or what if he blasts the music while you're driving? (laughs) Like, that would scare the hell out of me. Yeah. And maybe cause an accident. Perhaps. Um, so this kid is like, he's 19, 19 years old, uh, and he wrote on Medium um, detailing the hack. So hopefully they can find a way to, to close that. But uh, it's scary, John, because everything's so connected now. Speaking of Tesla, though, did you hear about the, the kid that was basically trolling Elon Musk and tweeting the location of his private jet? Yeah, so he has his Twitter account, yeah. and every time that Elon Musk goes somewhere in his private jet, he throws the location out. And Elon offered him 5000 to stop it. Five, really? The kid countered with 50 
You should have countered with it. You know, can I get a Tesla? Yeah. But what's to stop every other kid now? Well, apparently he's trolling all the other billionaires in their private jets now too. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. But because again, like you just said, these jets they have flight plans. They're all easily tracked. As long as you know what their call sign of those jets are, then you can figure out who it is and where they are. New feature coming from Netflix. I think most of us have Netflix. It's kind of a given, right? Do you do you hate that thing that continue watching? Yes. And there's a bunch of shows in there you don't want to continue watching anymore? No, that's why I didn't continue to watch them because they weren't good. Yeah. <laughs> But I can't, you couldn't, up until now, you couldn't get rid of that. It kept reminding you about the awful show that you hated. They have an option for users to now manually delete the shows and movies from their continue watching role. So you can finally get rid of all those half-finished, crappy movies that you don't want to watch anymore. Is this life-changing for you, John? How could it not be? <laughs> oh, the problems that we have. Okay, this is Mike and John here. You have tuned into the app show. We've got some great uh, stuff coming up here. We also have a great contest from TELUS, uh, their Friendly Future Foundation that does some amazing, innovative social work with uh, Canadian youth that are at risk. Uh, they've uh, ponied up a smartphone, a Samsung Galaxy S20 Fan Edition smartphone. Very nice it smartphone. Is, it's gorgeous. And for the winner of the contest, also a $500 donation gift card to your favorite charity. Anywhere in Canada. Fantastic. You want information on how to get into this contest and find ways to get extra entries? Getconnectedmedia.com. When we come back, an easy and cheap way to get professional photos for your e-commerce website. Back after this. You are back with the program. Mike and John here. We've got a really cool company that we want to talk about now. Uh, I found these guys uh, and gals down at CES, at the Consumer Electronics Show. Uh, And I found it fascinating because... A lot of us uh, obviously are buying uh, stuff online, e-commerce, and a lot of us are also starting to try selling stuff as well. Uh, but to sell stuff, especially physical items, you need uh, decent pictures and videos, right? Yes. And yeah, I mean, there's a low barrier to entry now. Could I do that myself with my iPhone? Yes, but I think sometimes it, it pays to get professional photos and, and videos done of your product. So uh, this company, Suna, Uh, They offer a service where you can basically send them your products and they will do all that photography and and even little videos for you as well. We've uh, got uh, Liz Georgie on the line. She's the CEO and co-founder of Suna. Thanks for joining us. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, I found this really fascinating. Um, I own a a creative agency myself and we do a lot of photography and videos for our uh, customers. Uh, But you have this really interesting uh, kind of online model that I think would appeal to a lot of people really wanting to up their e-commerce game. Uh, Can you explain in a nutshell what Suna does? And, And then we'll talk about some of the pricing, which kind of blew me away. Yeah, absolutely. On a baseline, there's not a single thing that any of us buy on the internet that doesn't have a visual asset. And the creation of those visual assets is really slow, very expensive, and highly manual. And if you want to do it professionally, I really wish you the best of luck because it's going to be even more slow, even more expensive, and even more manual. And so that's where Suna comes in. Suna is a virtual photo shoot platform that allows a brand to go online and build a photo shoot in their browser. They can pick everything from what kind of background color they want to what sorts of props they want to include. You can even be really cool and say, hey, I want to add a Montserrat leaf and you will add that to your photo shoot. 
And you can even choose models to show off your product. We have over 500 models in our marketplace. So you can book a hand model, a face model. You can even book a dog and a cat model if you have a pet product company. <laughs> and once you've created that beautiful uh, photo shoot online, it generates an order for us. And so we provide you a shipping label and you can ship your product to our fulfillment facility. Once it arrives in our facility, we invite you to join a virtual photo shoot. So instead of enjoy joining a Zoom meeting, you'd actually join your student a photo shoot and instead of seeing each other you'd actually see your product being shot in the studio you see every single photo and video clip as it's captured by our creatives and you get to give feedback and respond to those assets in real time so you can say you know i love the background but maybe i don't like that monstera leaf after all let's try a fiddle leaf fig uh, or perhaps you want to tell the photographer to go crazy and try something completely new and they can do that the thing our brands love the most though is that during this live photo shoot they can purchase the assets entirely a la carte. So they pay $39 per photo, $93 per video clip. They can buy as many or as little as they choose, and we deliver them in 24 hours. We believe our end-to-end -end approach is the fastest, the most affordable, and the most fun way to create professional content for your e-commerce store and your marketing. Okay, I just want to break this down here so that I fully understand. So you said $39 a photo. So if I had 10, if I sell vases, for example, and I had 10 vases, mm -hmm. I ship those down to you at my expense, right? We give you your first shipping label free, actually. So first okay. label free. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But okay. if you wanted to send me more vases, then we'd ask you to ship them down. <laughs> Got it. Uh, so I ship them down. And then I'm involved in the process. I guess you obviously set up a date and time and I can watch you actually shooting it. And I can say, oh, you've got the, the vase upside down or, or I don't like it in that, at, that light. So how many pictures of each one do you take? Yeah, so for a single product, we'll generally take about 20 to 30 photos. Obviously we want you to be happy. So if we get through 30 and you still don't like something, uh, then we'll keep going and try to make it right. But for the most part, the average customer will see about 20 to 30 photos of a given product. And we always recommend that depending on whether you're doing an e-commerce shoot or you're maybe doing a more promotionally oriented shoot that you buy about five photos for each product. So, you know, really you wanna get the backward, forward, side, up, down, uh, and scale image as a standard e-commerce package. But if you're doing something that's more promotional in nature, you know, we may encourage you to do something like uh, a lifestyle shot where we see it in a living room or we see it with a prop. And so those sorts of images are really, really important for being able to, of course, market your product on Instagram, Facebook, and anywhere else you're spreading the word about your business. I, I find that really interesting. So you have this lifestyle option and does that mean you have like tons of little sets that you can just put mm -hmm. products into and you just have like this big warehouse full of sets or something? Yes, this business is sort of like me living my Willy Wonka dreams of creating a creative factory instead of a chocolate factory. Our, our warehouses have bathroom sets, living room sets, office sets, kitchen sets, uh, bathtub sets, any kind of environment that you can humanly imagine. We've created it to be shot in a professional production environment. And really, that's all about creating accessibility for our customers. If you wanted to you know, book a photo shoot where you wanted to shoot in a kitchen, for example, and you wanted to get a production quality kitchen, that would cost you thousands of dollars to rent. Uh, with Suna, it's included as part of the process. We really see it as part of creating the best possible experience for you and really makes the product so sticky for our customers because once they've had a kitchen photo shoot, they get pretty quickly addicted and want to try a living room and maybe a bedroom next. The, the, sorry, Mike. Um, the thing I'm also curious about is the backseat driving of the client while you guys are <laughs> shooting this stuff. Like how much 
leeway or how many changes do you allow the client before they get annoying? And you mute them. (laughs) Uh, We've never had to mute a customer. Um, No, here's what I would say. Like, it's all about the mindset, right? So many of our customers, because of how we're thinking about the process differently, they really have a ton of control before we even get to the photo shoot. So instead of submitting an abstract mood board or a Pinterest page that kind of tells you generally what the mood is soon as technology platform actually makes it possible for the customer to really feel in control before the photo shoot even begins we have over 500 different paper color backdrops they can choose from you know 10 different color types of cube props hundreds of pillows many plants prisms glass furniture you name it we have it in our prop catalog and so by the time our product arrives in our facility they've made you know dozens of selections that really allow them to know exactly what they're going to get when they log into their photo shoot but even more importantly i think the thing that we try to emphasize at suna is the importance of creative collaboration you know prior to suna existing if you were to book a photographer and they were going to shoot your product you would actually not be able to see what the end product is going to look like because the visual of the photo itself is locked in that camera screen. It's only there for you to see over the shoulder of the photographer. Whereas as soon as experience, it really is an open experience where you get to see everything as it's created and it automatically becomes an invitation to work together and to have fun. And so we tend to see it as a really fun time. You know, the number one word we get in customer reviews is fun. And uh, when you're having fun at work, that's the best possible outcome. Okay, I'm going to get in the money again. (laughs) So I got the 10 vases I've sent down. You're going to take like 20 pictures of of each um, or more, I guess, if I want. Um, Is there a sit like a a photo shoot fee for that or no? It's just whatever I buy. No fee. No fee. No, we believe so strongly in the power of our creative work and we believe so strongly in the power of the platform that Suna actually takes the risk that you will not purchase any photos. Uh, To book a photo shoot, we only require you to purchase one photo up front and pay for any of your pro services, which would be our models, including our cat and dog models, our human models. And so if you decided to book a hand model, for example, for $99, we'd ask you to pay for that upfront. But those are the only upfront fees that we require our customers to pay. Okay, one, one more question. So I got the 10 vases and I want like one on a blue background, one on white, one in a bathtub, one in the kitchen, which one will drive you crazy. But do I have to pay more or less for that? Or you just, you're going to do it. So generally we say two scenes per photo shoot. So we probably wouldn't do the entire warehouse on a single photo shoot, but you can book multiple photo shoots. So you could have a photo shoot this morning with your kitchen scenes and you could have a photo shoot this afternoon with the living room scenes. Uh, We really see that our customers, because we are not a subscription product, can pay as they go and really decide how often they want to have photo shoots. The average Suna customer on the platform shoots four to six times a year. So that just gives you a sense of how often you should be thinking about updating your creative collateral. Who is your primary customer? Would it be like Amazon sellers or Etsy's or a little bit of everything? Great guesses. So the two largest cohorts of customers at Suna are going to be Shopify stores and Amazon third-party sellers. But generally, we do see a lot of other merchants joining the platform as well. Uh, We see merchants who are launching on Target.com for the first time as a great example, or folks who just want to professionalize their Etsy store will join as well. We also have started working with some larger enterprise clients as they look to scale their creative operations and look for more affordable and fast strategies that have kept up with how quickly e-commerce is moving today. We're talking with Liz Georgina, uh, Georgia, sorry, 
Liz Georgia. Okay. Georgie. Georgie, sorry. You got it. <laughs> it's been a long day. Um, all about Suna, a service that you can send your products down to and they'll take professional photos. Spell it. S-O-O-N-A. Okay. Yes. Uh, and is that, uh, what's the web address for that, Liz? You can just find us at Suna, S-O-O-N-A dot C-O. And that's, and we're talking American pricing here. So yes. just, just uh, keep that in mind uh, as well. Well, I want to thank you for joining us in a fascinating service. Yeah, absolutely. And hey, I have something for you if you were willing to hear it out. You're going to use us as models? <laughs> well, I, well, actually, you could sign up to be a model, but I have a coupon code for your listeners if you'd like to oh, give, yeah, okay. give them a shout. Sure. Yeah. So any of your listeners who are interested in trying Suna can actually do so today. All they have to do is use the code TRY, T-R-Y, Suna, S-O-O-N-A, and they'll get their first photo free on me. So I hope they'll give us a shot. That's generous. And we're going to be models, John. <laughs> Are you the dog or the cat? I, <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Thanks for joining us, Liz. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. When we come back from the break, more Tech to Talk. Stay tuned. You are back with the program. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. Well, it looks like most of our digital world now, John, is run in the cloud. Yes. And again, for those who still are confused by the cloud. It's not floating above your house. No. <laughs> They're computers. Big uh, server farms that are basically hosting all the data, whether it's Netflix or your iCloud account or your banking information. Just think of like a Costco-sized warehouse full of computers. Yeah, and these places are huge. Well, one such place is Ireland. Ireland uh, in recent uh, history here has really become kind of a, a tech hub for Europe. They've got really low corporate tax and they've lured all sorts of tech companies. And now they're really building the data centers there. But uh, environmentalists are concerned that these big data and cloud centers are really gobbling up the electricity. To help us understand the ramifications, we've got a good friend, Brian Jackson from Infotech Research Group. Thanks for joining us, Brian. Always happy to join you guys. So why is this a big deal? Like how much power are these computers using? Yeah, uh, data centers are becoming uh, one of the most intensive power sucks in the world. Um, if you look at how much the data center market has really expanded just in the past five years, 10 years, uh, it's substantial. Um, one way to measure this is to look at um, real estate investment firms, right? So these are firms that want to buy buildings and turn them into the most profitable type of building that they can uh, then lease out. And data centers are great for that because uh, there's no residents to complain about things. <laughs> and uh, they, you can rent out a really high density of tenants, right? A lot of different p companies can pay you for the space uh, that you're using in a, in a data center because you can stack those servers on top of each other with the, these huge racks. So it's a great business. And there's a huge demand for it with these hyperscalers like Amazon, Google, and Microsoft. Uh, you know, they seem to be growing at a pace uh, that is not slowing down anytime soon. And they need data centers to make that all work. Well, it's interesting. I was looking at some of the numbers uh, for data center growth in Ireland and, you know, as far as their electricity use. And I think in the next coming years, these data centers are going to use more electricity than the actual residents of Ireland are. Oh yeah, easy. I mean, our, our household appliances um, 
you know what what really soaks up a lot of electricity maybe if you ha- if you have electric heating that would be a source of it a lot of people have um natural gas right but um you think about these data centers and the amount of data that we're moving around in the world um i'd say that this is uh, an industry that's sort of on equal footing to air travel now in terms of uh the the amount of uh, carbon dioxide, carbon gases, greenhouse gas emissions that it's actually creating just by uh, th- because of the amount of power that we need. Is it an actual net increase of power, Brian? Like in the past, before the cloud, we all had, you know, individual computers doing all this computation, what have you. Um, are we actually having to generate more electricity because of this? I mean, we're not using as much power on our personal computers, perhaps, right. but uh, more in the data centers? I don't know. So it scales efficiently, right? If you were, say we were not using a cloud model and aggregating all of our computing into these data centers where you have like a warehouse full of servers, um, but then you would be doing it individually, right? You'd have a computer that's in uh, a company's data center, and that would actually be less efficient than the way that we're doing it, right? So this is an an efficient way to try and execute on this computing that we need, but we need so much of it that yes, it's scaling uh, the demand for the electricity at, at a huge rate. One of the things that, that some people have asked is like, what is the computational and energy requirements to work on my spreadsheet in the cloud? You know, like it's really hard to, because of the way you just described how these data centers are sort of uh, load balanced and optimized and super efficient, it's really hard to get like an actual number. Like it costs 25 cents worth of energy for me to work on my spreadsheet versus $25. You know, like it's hard to put a number on it yeah. on a per user per app basis. Because a lot of people were talking about how cryptocurrencies can be very expensive because of the same reason, because they need so much computing power to actually affect a transaction. Is technology killing the planet, Brian? It depends. There's a lot of uh, (laughs) there's a lot of factors that go into answering that question. Right. So let's take the question of um, if we create more data centers, is that uh, going to soak up more electricity, create more electricity generating demand and therefore create more greenhouse gases? You have to look at where is the uh, data center located and what power source is actually connected to it. I think here in Canada, we have a great example in Montreal uh, where all of the electricity is coming from uh, hydro dams, a totally renewable source of electricity that does not create carbon emissions. So uh, when when they they are creating all of these de- new data centers uh, in the Quebec region, those are being fed by that electricity source. So they're able to say uh, we're not adding more carbon to the atmosphere. We're, we're, and in fact, a lot of these uh, technology giants like Microsoft, like Amazon, they have plans to get to net zero carbon emissions. A big part of that plan is to connect their data centers to renewable uh, power sources. And I see Ireland is on that track. They have a plan to get uh, their electricity grid to 80% renewable uh, electricity uh, sometime down, down the line here. Is there some magic power source in Ireland that I'm not aware of? Like how are they? How are they generating electricity over there? 
This is a good question. I yep. mean, they're they're near the ocean, so maybe some sort of uh, wind turbines or yeah. uh, wave generated energy. I'm, but I have to admit, I'm not a, a really up to speed on Ireland's uh, energy market. Well, definitely something that we should all be aware of is, uh, you know, technology is infused more and more in our lives and uh, everything is in the cloud. Uh, You know, I think, of course, we have to look at renewable energy sources, obviously solar, wind uh, and hydro. But, you know, even John Hydro, like, sure, it's, you know, I think more environmentally friendly than burning coal. But you got to build dams like if the data centers just keep gobbling up more. Yeah, electricity. Eventually, there's so much electricity these dams can generate. Like you'd have to build more dams, which is just crazy environmental impact in itself as well. But we'll be following it. Brian, I want to thank you for joining us today. Hey, always great to join you guys. Thanks. That was Brian Jackson from the Infotech Research Group. When we come back, more tech to talk. Stay tuned. We're back with the program. Mike and John here. I love uh, featuring Canadian tech companies. There's so much innovation happening out of this uh, country right now. And uh, we're going to have a look today at healthcare, which uh, I think is at the forefront of uh, a lot of people's minds as we go through this pandemic. And we're seeing a lot of healthcare providers and hospitals having challenges as far as staffing. Well, we're going to be talking with a company here that is helping uh, alleviate some of those pains. They're called uh, BookJane. And we've got Carrie Stewart on the line. She's the Vice President of Strategic Partnerships. Thanks for joining us, Carrie. Thank you for having me. So tell our listeners uh, in a nutshell what BookJane is all about and how your, your software or your service helps uh, healthcare across this country. So it's a great question. So BookJane is really um, in service of the healthcare industry and really excited to make a difference in what is one of the largest pains they've experienced, um, you know, in that of the staffing crisis. Um, And what we're doing is we're taking a largely manual process, which is scheduling, filling shifts, managing your workforce, optimizing resources, um, and putting it into an automated system Um, One of the biggest challenges that I've noticed from my tenure in healthcare is when you're doing that manually, uh, you're generating a lot of stress, you're going through a lot of emotional um, strain, and when you automate the process, it's one of those things that you can almost set and forget and then reallocate those resources somewhere more important, uh, like, you know, healthcare outcomes, uh, providing better care, quality of life, and so on. So you have um, a software that you can provide, for example, hospitals where it will look after the booking of employees, essentially? Yeah, it's really it's really easy. It's uh, and the integration is fast. Um, and I think that's one of the, the biggest messages we need to get out to healthcare that, you know, these old style, uh, timely and difficult integrations are sort of gone by the wayside. And it's really sort of a one week onboarding fast track to, um, you know, plugging in your schedule, being able to see clearly who you have as a resource available to you, um, you know, setting the schedule and then, you know, optimizing those part time and casual people, plugging them into situations where if you're full time people call in sick, you can use your internal resources to cover those shifts. And then if you are in a panic situation, which is often the case these days, there's also the opportunity to hit the panic button and engage your external resources such as agency um, for those registered staff and support staff. 
So you talked about hospitals doing this all manually. What does that mean? And like how many people are involved in trying to staff a hospital, which I can imagine is a big undertaking. Yeah, the staffing of the hospital probably looks a lot different than, you know, your long-term care homes or your retirement homes. Um, But typically you have dedicated staff. And if they are doing it manually, you have somebody literally sitting in a room with a spreadsheet of, you know, however many hundreds of staff um, that are subject to a collective agreement typically. So there's seniority to consider. There's all kinds of business rules that you have to navigate manually. So you're cross-referencing a schedule with a collective agreement with your seniority list. And you're basically doing some version of a call out um, and letting people know, hey, this shift has come available and we need somebody to fill it. And then you run into these bottlenecks of people saying yes, but then suddenly 10 minutes later, somebody who has more seniority calls in and says yes. So everything is, is really challenging in terms of getting to the end result um, and so in the, in the spirit of good outcomes in a hospital setting, automating that process kind of ticks a bunch of boxes. So first and foremost, you're reducing the stress. So if you can imagine, you know, in today's environment, you're having people uh, frantically fill shifts because of what's going on in the world. Um, so imagine the stress that's being generated there. Um, and then automating that process, you sort of remove that erosion of mental health. And it's, look, it is not the answer to the mental health issue in healthcare. It's one of the chambers of the heart of the issue that we need to shift. Um, and it gives them sort of that clear, clear path forward Um, to say, okay, we've got the staffing under control. We've got this process automated. Now let's go to the next thing we have to deal with, like, you know, the fact that everyone's exhausted or people are having PTSD from dealing with other issues. We're talking with Carrie Stewart. She's from BookChain. They offer a a software service that helps automate a lot of the staffing uh, in the healthcare industry. Yeah, it kind of just frazzles my mind thinking of having to look after all that staff through a a spreadsheet. So if they put your system in, it's all web-based from what I understand. Is that correct? You are correct. It's software as a service. So you're able to log in, have everything at your fingertips, um, call out a shift using an automated system. Your users or your healthcare providers will see that show up on their handheld device. And it gives them an opportunity to design their their job, their hours, also have a sense of being engaged at a high level to their workplace um, and knowing what's happening in real time. Um, And it gives them an opportunity also to feel good. If they have to call in sick because they tested positive for COVID, they can release their shift and know that the system is going to take care of at least attempting to fill it. And I think most healthcare providers struggle with if they call in sick, then I don't want to leave anyone hanging. So it really alleviates that part of the stress as well. Yeah, I can imagine, though, um, there must be a lot of people calling in, <laughs> in sick right now. So if that's all manual based, that would be difficult to kind of to manage all that. So if someone is using your system as calling in sick, for example, uh, and releasing their shift uh, through, is it through an app that they're, they're doing? It's, it's through an app. Yeah. Correct. And so the system just automatically goes out and finds the next available person according to obviously, you know, agreements and, and who's available. Exactly. So the system is initially set up to align with what your business rules are. 
And so when that shift is released, it intuitively knows who's going to be available based on the business rules that are initially programmed into the system. And that's something that our team largely looks after and supports getting on board very, very quickly. Is it missing a human element? I imagine if you were doing it manually, you might get a sense of who's working better with others and and that kind of thing. Or is that even a factor because of all the agreements and, and stuff like that? It's, it's a great question. I think that when we zoom out from this issue, um, you know, we're going to want to build in the human touch into a lot of things that we're not, you know, doing that with right now. Um, I think when you talk about life support for this current crisis, uh, this, this is an opportunity to wrap innovation around it, save time, and really look at that quality of interaction in other places besides the scheduling. So imagine it, you may be losing the human touch and scheduling, but you're gaining the human touch at the bedside or with your team engagement and being able to spend time doing other things. How has the response been with um, the users, like the, the staff that are using it to get their shifts? there is a significant sigh of relief uh, when it is up and running. And that's true, like it's palpable. Um, I know when I got introduced to to Book Jane, the reason I joined them was because I led um, one of the largest homes in Canada through the pandemic um, and was the person receiving those phone calls at three o'clock in the morning that somebody couldn't make it for seven because they tested positive or weren't feeling well. And the panic that I experienced was very real and the reduction in my own mental health was very real and so when faced with an opportunity to be part of the solution and, and deal with this problem from innovation I jumped at the chance um, to you know to take on this challenge and really spread the word um, to you know mid-level managers and leaders that you know, I know our initial reaction is to give more money and give more benefits to people to try to get them to do more. Um, but that is not having their back when they can't have their own. Giving them innovation and, and removing the stressful processes is a way to protect the mental health of the people who are serving your organization. We've been talking with Carrie Stewart. She's with Book Jane, uh, a software as a service for healthcare providers to automate and I guess de-stress the whole staffing side of that and obviously a very uh, important topic uh, right now. Carrie, where can people find out more information? If you just go to our website bookjane.com uh, reach out to me on LinkedIn, Carrie Stewart. You'll see my my Book Jane logo, and I'm always happy to connect um, anytime you want to reach out. Absolutely. We'll make time. Thanks for joining us, Carrie. Thanks for having us. Take care. Carrie Stewart again from Book Jane. When we come back from the break, more tech to talk. Stay tuned. You're back with the App Show. Mike and John here. Don't forget to enter our contest. It's the Telus Friendly Future Foundation contest. They're giving away a Galaxy S20 Fan Edition smartphone and a $500 donation gift card to your favorite Canadian charity. That's amazing. It's awesome. So do you want to know how to enter? It's so easy. Go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com. All the information is up there, and there's extra ways to get extra entries into the contest as well. Really simple stuff. And we encourage you to uh, check it out. This uh, foundation is doing some really amazing, innovative work, like even sponsoring research into uh, this technology that allows users to move wheelchairs with their brain like their mind it's very cool i'm i'm like blown away got to thank all the folks that helped put the show together of course john beeler my co-host and uh, producer and also uh, steven and christina we will see you again next time 
You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.